What does a pharmacist do? Well, most people might answer that a pharmacist dispenses the medications that my doctor prescribes. Now, I work with a ton of great pharmacists, and one thing that I don't generally see is excitement about pills in a vial. And this is probably because pharmacists have been trained to do so much more. So what can you get excited about in your community? To find out, let's go beyond the scripts. Hey everyone, welcome back to Beyond the Scripts. I'm your host, Will Tuft, and today I have a really, really cool topic to talk about because pharmacy pricing is one of those things that I think is really misunderstood. So if you are not in the business of pharmacy, I feel like there are huge clouds that kind of get in the way of seeing how pharmacy pricing works and really what independent pharmacies are kind of up against in today's marketplace. And if you are in pharmacy, then you know exactly what I'm talking about and how difficult these waters have been to navigate over the past few years. So today I have a special guest or two joining us. Uh, and this is a uh, power couple out of a uh, pharmacy out on where are you guys located at? Ashburn, North Carolina. Okay, I was I was about to throw out the the East Coast, but I was like, well, North Carolina is pretty big. You could be in the mountains, or you could be on the. We're right, we're right in the middle of the state, so we're we're just below Greensboro. <laughs> All right, so today it's Ken and Ashley Duggins uh, from Prevo Pharmacy, and uh, again, one of the coolest states out there because you can literally be in a totally like beach community, or you can have a real Appalachian experience. Uh, it's, it's a really varied state, but also a super uh, progressive state in the world of pharmacy, which might seem a little bit unexpected if, uh, again, if you're not from the world of pharmacy. And I do hope uh, that occasionally we have some listeners or uh, some viewers who are joining us that are not from the world of pharmacy. So tell me a little bit about uh, your pharmacy. Sure. Um, so I've actually worked here for around 18 years. Um, I got started here as a part-time pharmacist. Um, I purchased the pharmacy. Ken and I purchased the pharmacy from the previous owner back in 2003. 2013. Um, 2013. 2013. <laughs> 2013. Um, and so we've actually owned the pharmacy since then. So I kind of went from being a part-time pharmacist to a full-time pharmacist to an owner of the pharmacy. And I really, um, we do have, it's a small independent pharmacy. We only have one location. Uh, we do a lot of different things here. Um, we do clinical pharmacy. We do health coaching. Uh, we also have a wellness center that's across the street that we do a lot of diabetes education out of and a lot of consultations for folks that are wanting to change their life and, you know, make some health changes. Um, so we do a variety of different things. I focus on pharmacy. Um, mine is kind of more uh, just worrying about the world of customer service and things like that, where Kenneth deals with all the money. So I like to call myself the dreamer. He's the realist, AKA dreamer. <laughs> he has the, he controls the money. So I dream and he says, um, we can do it or we can't do it. And, and that ties into the DIR fees. Cause that's certainly, um, affected some of the things that we've done, uh, you know, in the last couple of years because of the reimbursement that we get. Yeah, so I, I imagine uh, Ken <laughs> having that kind of dynamic relationship where you have the entrepreneur, you have the passion, you have the uh, that that uh, those lofty goals maybe, and being able to have you know that member of your team who says, 
Yeah, but <laughs> or yes, and Ashley and I, we, we are truly opposites. I mean, and 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 that's mostly good, uh, but you know, sometimes not quite quite so much. Um, but a lot of the times, it, she she is very outgoing and 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 coming up with these ideas, and then it at some point there, uh, I have a business degree, and we have to put that down in a spreadsheet and run numbers and calculate. You know, is this a good business decision? Is it worth taking the risk? And we just we just lay it all out, and uh, it, it's it's worked out well for us so far. Um, and I think it's going to work out well for us in the future that we have both sides coming here working together. So well, I go by my heart. He goes by the pocketbook and yeah. we make it work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, so many times you see with independent pharmacies that that's kind of a, um, you know, it's a struggle. If you do come from a clinical background, if you're a pharmacist, you're not necessarily a marketer, a, um, a financial uh, guru, you know. But again, you have to wear so many hats as an independent pharmacy owner. Exactly. And those are the things I don't, the finance, the money, that's not what makes me happy. I like to help people. I like to do things. I like to be out there with my customers. And Kenneth is the one that that's what he likes. He likes to dig in the numbers. He likes to go through spreadsheets. And so I, I think that is hard sometimes for independent pharmacists that they may not have that business side. And I'm thankful that I have him because I don't see how I could do it alone uh, without somebody looking at the financials and the business side of that and and studying all that stuff because he likes to get in there with the nitpicky details with these insurance companies and like pick it to death so we know exactly what we're making, exactly what we're spending. Yeah, yeah. So tell me a little bit about the size of your community and, and how your pharmacy kind of fits in there. Um, so I don't even know what the population of Ashborough is. Uh, Ashborough is around 40, 45,000, uh, people. Um, and then, but we serve Randolph County as well. Um, so we are located downtown in Ashborough. Um, we, the, the Prevo has been in existence for 40 years. So the name of Prevo is very well respected. Um, you know, the people that have owned it in the past have done a great job. And so the reputation that we carry on our shoulders is a lot because we have a lot to live up to. But we do have a great footprint here. Um, there are a lot of other pharmacies in our area, a lot of un other independents in our area. Um, we all try to work together because we're in this together. Um, but again, we have a lot of independents involved in our community. But again, we are a small community, but we do have a large outreach because we do a lot within our county. And Randolph County is actually the largest county in North Carolina per for for size, for size. Yeah. so um, you know we do outreach into our community rather than just the city of Asheboro. So when you did uh, step into the ownership role, that was 2013, but you started there at the pharmacy back in what 2003. So you were you were there for about 10 years, getting that foothold in the community. Absolutely, and uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I got to see. I got to create a lot of new programs. The uh, previous owner who has since passed away three years ago um, just kind of gave me the reins to kind of do what I want to and grow a lot of different programs. So I was really able to see that side and we were able to do a lot of different things. We tend to kind of think outside the box. And so we're all the time trying to come up with creative ways to do new programs, new clinical programs, try to be on the cutting edge of everything that's out there. Um, and he always gave me the autonomy to do that. And so taking on the ownership 
leadership role. Um, it, it was it was a great opportunity. I've loved every minute minute of it. But some of the things that I heard him struggle with, the financial piece, I didn't always see. Um, and sure. so that's certainly been a learning lesson because uh, that that's that can be the frustrating piece. Um, you know, you want to make sure you're you're serving everybody to the best of your ability. But these insurance companies, uh, these PBMs man, it's a hard fight, but we continue to fight and you have to fight every single day. Yeah. So when you started there in 2003, so, A, that's that's got to be amazing that you're able to kind of have that that time so that when the pharmacy did change hands, it's like, awesome. It's, you know, it's, it's keeping that culture and, and that connection, that tie to the community. But when you started there in 2003, that was really before Part D was a thing. That was before PBMs were a thing. It was a little bit different world. So you kind of got to see from, you know, a pharmacist side, not necessarily the ownership role. You you got to see some of those changes kind of roll in. And I think a lot of people, hopefully some of the people watching or listening to this podcast, maybe don't even know what's going on behind the scenes. And to be honest, you know, I'll, I'll watch like social media and I see people post about like, oh, these drug companies, you know, this Mylan drug costs $20 here and it's only a dollar in another country. And it's it's not evil drug companies. It's not evil uh, pharmacies here just making money hand over fist. There's There's a lot of layers that people don't even understand. So can you kind of walk us through some of those changes that have happened since, you know, 2003 or 2006. Sure. I mean, I remember back in the day, you know, you wouldn't think anything about, you know, filling a prescription, getting a certain drug. You just got what the patient needed. And I like to pick on the previous owner. I'm like, man, you got out at the right time because, man, did things change when we took over. And that was something that we had to look at. We had to look at what drugs we were buying and what the cost of those goods were and what the insurance was reimbursing. We had to be smart about it, where before that time, we didn't think about it. Um, you know, we just served the customer and we made sure that we had whatever they needed, no matter what the cost, because we got reimbursed for it. But those days are long gone. And so you have to be smart about, you know, who you're spending or who you're buying from, um, the, the rebates that you get, all those things play into it, what the reimbursement is that you're getting from the insurance. There's so many different things that you have to look at um, in order to even make a living these days. So it, it's certainly not as easy as it it used to be. Um, and Kenneth kind of came on board, um, you know, when, when we bought the pharmacy. So he doesn't remember the good old days, but <laughs> I do. Um, and so he's only known the new world where we fight every single day, um, you know, to make sure that we can provide good services to customers, but we have to do it smart because if we don't, we won't be here. And that we got a long way to go. Uh, we're, we've got a lot more. We can't retire anytime soon. Let's just say that. So we're here for our community and we want to continue to serve, but it is a fight on a daily basis. Let's kind of break this down a little bit. So Part D rolls along and I remember, uh, you know, uh, kind of a new emphasis on certain metrics. Um, so we're going to we're going to focus on, you know, keeping people out of the hospital. We're going to focus on uh, increasing adherence. We're going to focus on these five star ratings. And that's going to, you know, lower health costs across the board and keep people out of the hospital. That sounds pretty great. 
Um, so at some point, we start to see these uh, these checks and balances that sound like they're pretty much you know well intended. Um, so like all of a sudden, PBMs become a major issue. Um, you know, are PBMs something new? And and for anybody who's not familiar with what a PBM is, can you kind of jump in and just lay out uh, kind of a, an elevator pitch on PBMs? Sure. So basically, the PBMs are the pharmacy benefit manager. That's what the PBM stands for. And basically, when, uh, you know, companies will use a PBM uh, with their insurance company to kind of negotiate pricing and things like that. So we have contracts um, with those PBMs and that employer has a contract with PBM and basically they're the middleman um, and they make a lot of money. And so, um, you know, they basically they adjudicate claims. Uh, they're the ones who decide what the employer pays and what we get reimbursed. So they control pretty much everything in the world of, you know, negotiating pharmacy. Um, and so they make a lot of money. They, they have to make their money somewhere and they are the middleman. I hope that kind of helps explain the way I see it. Kenneth, I don't know if you know. I think you nailed it. I mean, that's what they are. I mean, they're, they're the ones that, that run the show. They're the ones that um, basically set what we're getting paid and, and set what the, uh, the, the, the employer, what they're paying and they make their money, plenty of money in the middle there. And, and, and a lot of times leave us shorthanded and offer to pay us, you know, very, very small amounts for what the drug is a lot of times less than what it is. So it's like, like Ashley said, it's a struggle to, to make sure that we are making smart decisions in purchasing, um, and, and deciding, you know, based on what we're getting paid, what we they say we're going to get paid, can we purchase it for that price in order to make money and, and still provide for the for the patient? So you know it's very tricky because they dictate what a patient can take. Um, in a category of drugs, they can say we're going to cover this, this, and this drug, but we're not going to cover this. So it creates issues for doctors too because they have to prescribe off of a formulary that sometimes they, it's not just, I'll, this is the drug I want the patient to have. It's, oh, this is what the patient can have, that the PBM is dictating that. Right. So we have, we have the insurance company, we have the pharmacy, you know, we have a couple steps in between, including that PBM, but it's supposed to be a mutually beneficial entity. Um over time, we've kind of seen that it's it, it maybe hasn't always been mutually beneficial for uh, really any party involved, but but one. Um, so, how do PBMs kind of play into this DIR fee? Like, I think I think since I don't know the last administration was kind of the first time I heard DIR fees or PBMs kind of addressed in as part of the problem with healthcare and, and with prescription drug costs. So like when is the first time you kind of saw these DIR fees and, and like said, what, what, what are these? Where's this coming from? I mean, uh, can, this is obviously something that's unique to pharmacy when, when you were looking at these, uh, at these reports for the first time seeing these kind of, you know, what was your reaction? I think you know my reaction. The, uh, <laughs> when we first got notified, it was uh, November of 2018. Um, it, it was more more on the effective rate part of it. We had been getting DIR fees before that, 
and Pioneer allowed us to, you know, program that in. And we had been doing that uh, based on um, our PSAO. They, I mean, they gave us the numbers and said, you know, for this, 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 and this, this is what your your fees are going to be. You know, whether it be a $5 fee on a script or a percentage of a script, that was something that we could program in. But in, in November of 2018, we get a notification that you're getting, I think it was like $22,000 pulled out of your uh, your escrow account for an effective rate. And, and at that time we had, we had not heard of what effective rates were. And, uh, so, and, and as we all know, you, you don't get a choice. They just, they just take the money. Uh, it's not write us a check. It's not this it, it's, it's, we're going to draft this on this date and it is what it is. Um, and we, we, we had to learn really quick what effective rates were, how, what they meant, and, 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 and it, it took a little bit of digging because there was not a lot of information out there. So they, they had basically come back out, uh, our PSAO, and said for the year of 2018, um, we have been running an effective rate that we were never notified about. And it wasn't just us, it was pharmacies all across the country that we're, we, uh, you know, when you adjudicate and we said we're going to pay you this price, we're not, we really didn't want to pay you that price. We're going to pay you, you know, a certain percentage uh, uh, of the, the ingredient cost, basically. Um, and, and so, you know, if they overpaid you, they were going to pull the money back. If they underpaid you, they were going to pay up to this, this amount. Um, but most of the time it was an overpayment. So that's why we had $22,000 drafted out and turned out. And then even after the fact, that was for the first half of 2018. And again, we had just gotten notified in, in November of that year. So we had been operating that whole year up to that point without being able to program anything in, without being able to understand what effective rates were. And so we were basically just, they were just taking money from us. And and it upset me. It upset a lot of people that I talked to. Um, but then it was a question of what do we do about it? So that's that's what started the whole process for us. Yeah. So anybody, again, anybody outside of pharmacy can't possibly understand the, like the convoluted uh, nature of prescription pricing and reimbursement, but you may buy a drug and have an actual cost. And then you really kind of aim all of your ordering and your inventory around making efficient purchases for your wholesaler and, and, and getting a rebate so that's a that's a factor and then when you bill that prescription to a third party you're getting reimbursed on not your cost not your rebate maybe one of the the 20 fictitious numbers that we use in pharmacy it might be the you know the the mac or the wac or the awp or the i mean there's so many numbers attached to that drug that your cost is really kind of lost in the shuffle. So when these um, PBMs have those rates, that may be based off a number that is not your cost necessarily. And a lot of people don't understand, I think, all of the complexities and, and just the convoluted mess that that can be. And so if you're not able to know what the rules are and plan for those rules, it can really kind of put you you know, because that's going to change the way you order. That's going to change a lot of the way you do things. Right. And so what Kenneth did is he was like, we've got to get this programmed in our system, because if we don't know when we run a prescription, 
what our bottom line is, we can't make adjustments to try to make this right and to make a profit. So that's when Ken reached out to. Uh, you know, again, what I had I had to learn what effective rates were, and 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 the difference between effective rates and and D, just regular DR fees. It's not just money being taken away. It can be money added back too. So it, you know, it's basically they're going to pay you when it's a, you got adjudication when we run a claim. And it says we're going to pay you ten dollars on the medicine that costs you eight dollars, um, but three months later they're going to come back when they when they do the effective rates and go. No, we only paid you this percentage. We're going to pay you seven dollars. So instead of you making the two dollars, you lost a dollar. Um, but we started having to dig and, and get with our PSAO and, and find out um, what these effective rates were and and how to program those. We wanted to get those programmed into Pioneer um, because at first, when we first started doing this, we were having to do everything manually. We created a spreadsheet once we understood what the formula was, we understood what the percentages were of what we were going to get reimbursed. We were able to program that in and it was like doing everything longhand, you know, instead of using the efficiencies of Pioneer or um, we, we had to, we were using an Excel spreadsheet. And so we had to stop in the middle of each claim to do that until we got everything up and running and get everything programmed into Pioneer. Um, there was an issue with Pioneer at first that, that it didn't quite have the functionality. Um, Pi uh, Pioneer would allow you to take away money. It would allow you to take deductions, uh, whether it be a DIR or an effective rate. Effective rates were programmed in, but it didn't, it was not unable at first to calculate money coming back. So uh, say I ran a claim and it adjudicates and it shows I'm making or I'm, I'm losing money on it, you know, and, and, and I can't buy the drug for that cost in order to fill that, that prescription. But if the effective rate is actually higher than what the reimbursement was in adjudication, we were actually making money on that claim. So we could find a source for that medication and, and still get it in and still make money and still have, you know, a valid script that we could actually make money on. Um, so you guys were great. Um, I ended up calling, making a couple phone calls. I talked to Jeff Key at at, at a uh, at PDS, and and we discussed it. And he put me in contact with who I needed to talk to, and we we got it done. Um, added that functionality, and it's just you know. And then after that, it was just we just had to keep it programmed each year as new effective rates come out for you know CVS Caremark. Uh, for the for them for the others that that we would go in there and we would program for sometimes it's just for brands sometimes it's just for generics and sometimes it's for you know depending on day supply but Pioneer's got everything we need I mean it's got all the functionality so we can get everything programmed in there and 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 understand when we run a claim when a patient comes in we can understand what's going to happen we can understand what medication that we need to find another source for medication because. Again, the the whole effective rates it, it operates off of AWP. So you're, you're you're looking for items that have a higher AWP in order to get better reimbursement, and that's just that's just the way the game is right now. That's just how it's played. Yeah, we we really need to do like a whole nother podcast episode where we just kind of take a prescription and like do a test claim and just kind of show all the different numbers <laughs> involved, <laughs> because you just rattled off so many different pieces that we, you know, we can't possibly, like, if you're not in pharmacy, you know, at, at no other business, are you sitting at the point of sale when you sell something and you have no control over what your price is? And, you know, imagine if somebody pays with a credit card at a point of sale 
And it's like, well, if you pay with this credit card, I'm going to lose, you know, X amount of dollars versus, you know, if you paid cash, then, you know, I would, I can control the price. And I know there's credit card fees, so that a, a little bit, but, um, you know, it's, it's just every single claim when you submit a claim, you're looking for that instant feedback and that instant feedback kind of tells you, yes, we're safe, we're in the green, you know, or we're losing money. But all of a sudden, the rules have changed. You can't trust that because it's kind of, it really kind of seemed like an underhanded attack when it first happened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't see, I mean, you, you hear in the past couple of years, I've heard of several pharmacies that, that have closed down. I've talked to several pharmacies whenever I learned this and, you know, I'd gone and talked to a few people and they were like, well, what are you doing exactly? Um, but people would go, uh, I mean, months or a year without programming anything into Pioneer. That's, you're selling something. Your whole business, which is based, you have to have a profit or you're not going to be there. How can you sell something? How can you operate your business if you don't know what's happening? And that, that was, I, I got very passionate about that. And I'm like, I know for our business, number one, we have to know what's happening. We have to get this programmed in here. We have to make sure that we are making the best decision we can each time we fill a claim. We have to. And, you know, and we got a program in there. We felt good about it the first year uh, going into 2019. And then 2020, we updated it. We've got it updated for this year with the, the, this year's numbers. Um, but it's something you have to stay on top of with your PSAO and get things programmed in based on it's all based off BIN and PCNs and groups and and each different things have different uh, different plans have, you know, different reimbursements and it's not what the computer says if you don't have it programmed in. You have to do the research. Right. You have to dig in with your PSAO and you have to get that information. Kenneth's not the most popular with our PSAO because he asked a lot of questions. Well, no, they, 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 they tried, and I'm not mentioning names, but they, they, they held back a lot of information. They said, all right, we're going we're gonna to give you this. Here's the percentage you're going to get paid. We're telling you this is how the plan's going to be once we solve effective rates. And I said, you know, that sucks. But... Um, but tell me what that applies to. And, and it, it was like pulling eye teeth for them to give me the numbers of the plans that it applied to, because it's not all, I mean, it's hard to tell with all the names of whatever all these plans are, if it's under, you know, Blue Cross Blue Shield or for if that's under Optum or CVS Caremark or whatever it is. I mean, it's very deceptive. And, and it's, it's to me, I call it intentional, intentional deception that they can't just tell you right off the bat what you're going to get paid. They, they want you to think one thing and they're doing something complete opposite. Yeah, it definitely, you know, there, there seems to be more awareness in recent years. Yeah, just as we, we generally have more access to information than at any point in history, you know, so like that institutional kind of predatory practice is, um, I don't know. I, I feel like there's more awareness of that going on in banking and in finance and, you know, in healthcare. So you, you, you said that it just needs to be entered into the system. Well, that sounds easy enough, right? Because it's going to be the same for every item, for every third party, and for every pharmacy across the country, right? <laughs> it's depending on the, I, we, we've dealt with the same PSAOs. I, I don't know what other PSAOs are doing. I've heard some of them have less uh, effective rate fees. I, 
I, I don't know how they run it. Like I said, I can only speak for what what we've done. That's the research we've done. But we've we've got a grip on it now. You know, and and actually, once we understood what it was, it's fine. Because I mean, it, it's it, it it doesn't matter if they're taking a hundred thousand dollars away from us. If 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 we know right up front that this is what we're going to get paid on each script, we we know how to operate. We know whether we can buy that medication to fill that script. We know whether, you know, it's, it's a highly profitable script that didn't look like it was highly profitable. Um, again, it's having the information. It's having it plugged in. And I think each pharmacy has to do their own research. Number one, understand how to program it upon here. And I think you guys are great about helping to explain how to put it in there. But you have to dig and get the information from your PSAO. Otherwise, I mean, I, I, I heard from a number of pharmacies, you know, especially, you know, in, in, in 2019, 2020, that are going, I can't understand why I'm losing money. I can't understand why they're pulling all these fees. I mean, yeah. it's because you don't have it programmed. You know, you don't you don't have the information. You, you're not making good decisions. It may so, look great to you, but, they're, but then all of a sudden they're pulling $100 from that script and you had no idea about it. Well, add that up over 400 scripts a day. It, it adds up. And you have to, you you really have to know what's happening at adjudication. And it's not as easy as it was when we started or, or prior to that. So. Um, what's what's the, the lag time on that? So if you're filling prescriptions today and let's say you're running, let's say you run a report that's, you know, a transactional report based on 30 days, you know, and it says, awesome, you, you made a bunch of money. You're, you're a profitable business. Yay. You know, what is the, for that same time period, you know, what would you guess kind of that, that lag time is between your transactional results and your actual financial results? Ours is real time. If you've got okay. a program in, we're getting real time information. Um, I don't see a point in having reports that are three months behind or, or you know, but, but once we've got everything programmed to Pioneer, we're getting accurate numbers. And, and, yeah. and something I check multiple times a day to see where we are and, and to see if there's something that that they got missed. You know, it, it's something that I, I run a report. I'm, I'm back in an office and and I'll just I've got it pre-programmed pre into a search that I'll do a search and, and it pops up, you know, lowest GP on the top of the screen. And I can go go and ask questions to my technicians and say, you know, do, do we do something right here? Do we need to change the NDC? Because a lot of times it's just an NDC change. Um, and, and, and it's, it, it might be a non-contract item that we're making more money on. So we may pay more money on it, but in the end we're, we're making more because it has a higher AWP. So it's, it's, we, we have real time information because we've got everything programmed in. Yeah. So for, again, anybody in pharmacy, like it, that just doesn't make sense that if you walk over to your shelf, if, if the prescriber says, you know, drug A, and drug A is going to have an NDC number. Any drugs that you, you pick up have that 11-digit number. The identical drug beside it is chemically equivalent, but financially, all the difference in the world at the end of the, end of the day. That's, that's really it's, – it's kind of hard to, to wrap your head around. And when people just say, oh, we should have – you know, government uh, should pay for health care, and it's like – it, it's not necessarily the who pays that that is is the problem. The problem is, you know, why is the price tag that? You know, why is it so murky? Um, so you have that instant feedback. So because you've entered, you've done the research, you've figured out what those effective rates are. 
And so you're able to monitor that in real time. What about a pharmacy that is just waiting to see what happens? So if they're just filling and billing um, and just going strictly off, you know, what's what's coming back, um, you know, w- what do you think the lag time is between a transactional report today and what those finances are actually going to look like? You know, when do they see that difference? Again, I, I've spoken uh, not so much here recently, but especially you know last year and the year before, spoken to several pharmacies that that ran into that issue that that says you know when we were when we were operating when we were running our reports and everything looks good until they just come up. A, a lot of them, again, they they don't have they don't have the business side of it. They're just running the pharmacy the best they know how. They they don't have the stuff programmed in. And, and they're waiting three and four or six months and they're going, something's wrong. I mean, my reports say I'm making money. I'm, the reports say I'm making, you know, X amount of dollars per script, but it, it, it doesn't, something's not happening. We're not, you know, and our expenses aren't more, something's wrong. Yeah. I mean, I, I've talked to several pharmacies that, that have seen that and, and they, they don't know because again, they don't know what's happening at the time, you know, of, of adjudication when, when they, when they run that script, they don't know what's happening. So it, it's all about having as accurate of information as you can. I mean, our PSO, PSAO just put out something new on on, uh, on another plan. I mean, um, I've got it set up where I started to be in, in January. I know that the first couple of weeks in January, I'm looking over this stuff and I'm making sure I got it programmed for the year. But you also have to, I mean, I, I look at our PSAO, I look at it daily. And I just check the news. Sometimes we'll get an email about it. Sometimes they'll slide something in. But you always have to be watching because something may change. And you got to be reading and, and staying informed so that I know if I've got to make a change into, into Pioneer. So so does that happen throughout the year or does that only happen like? It shouldn't. But no. there's um, they they were waiting to sign a contract. What well, this one I'm talking about now is Express Scripts. And they didn't have they've they've been one of the plans up until now that has not had a effective rate. And they just came out this week, sent an email out, and now they've got an effective rate. They were they were waiting to sign a contract. And I guess the contract they signed, um, they're doing an effective rate. Um so I you know, we've got to get that program in. I want to study that, and make sure I got it right and get the numbers put in. So again, right now we're we're flying a little bit blind until I get those numbers in. So yeah, and so so how are how are you informed again? Did you say you went to the website and found it, or do you get a phone call that says, "Hey, heads up"? For the most part, they'll send out emails, and 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 it'll be a brief, you know, one liner saying, you know, take a look at this or whatever. And you may just you got to be a, be you know to look at that. Um, but I, I like to go on the website, and I'll catch it a lot of times before the email comes out. And there's a news section that will list you know major updates like that um and and i and i noticed it and i know it's something that we've got we've got to address here in the next day or so um but again i want to make sure that i understand exactly what it is i'm actually waiting on a list of uh bins that that it applies to and group numbers because you just can't go in there and say hey it's just express scripts you got to go in there and program correctly i mean but before this express scripts was one of those that they paid poorly but without programming anything, you knew they paid poorly. I mean, whatever you saw was what was happening, and that's fine. You know, they may have been five cents, ten cents, twenty cents. Oh, it was they were they were horrible. But now, so, yeah. so so here's the deal. Just to explain effective rates. Now, if Express Scripts 
can come in here and with the effective rates, you're going, holy crap, I'm making $20 on the script now with Express Scripts. No, you're not. You're losing 50. You know, I mean, if you don't, if you don't have that number in there, if you don't have these formulas, and it's basically just a percentage, they're basically saying on each script, you know, whatever the AWP for that script is, we're going to pay you, you know, 85% or whatever the number is. And you put that into Pioneer and, and it's, and, and it does all the calculations for you. And it tells you truly you're either losing or making money. So, but other than that, you're making decisions and you're, you're buying drugs going, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm making, I'm making $20, I'm making $20, I'm making $50, I'm making $10. And then, you know, six months from now you're going, how am I going to stay in business? It's because you didn't program anything. You don't, you don't have anything. You're not making good business decisions. When, when you look at like just basic, like adjudication of a claim, you know, you would expect it to be a very simple, like, you know, arithmetic problem that you see number A plus B minus C equals D, you know, <laughs> and it's much more like one of those, like, um, like detective maps with a yarn that just kind of goes all over the pens on the, on the map on the wall. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but, but, but so, between the, the you know the rebate cost of the drug and and the, whether it be a DR or effective rate, I mean, there there's just a lot of you know things that have to be calculated in there. And like I said, Pioneer does a good job. It's all laid out there for us. Um, it, it it helps our technicians be able to make a good decision without calling somebody up. They can tell exactly what's happening. And generally, between them and a pharmacist, we can make a good decision you know quickly. Yeah, and so any. Again, anybody on the outside, basically what he's saying is that you have to go into the software and say, mm -mm -mm. if they say they're giving you $20, they're actually giving you two, <laughs> right? Like you have to plug in a formula that says what what they send back isn't really what's happening. So what, what would happen if you, like, if you missed that email? Uh, maybe that email goes to your junk folder. And now all of a sudden you're dispensing NDCs that are not preferred. They're not on their formulary. Um, every transaction you do for presumably three or four months until you go back and, and actually reconcile, you're losing quite a bit of money, right? Or I, I guess theoretically it could go the other way. You you could you could play it just right and be like, oh, cool, there's an improvement. It doesn't go that way. No. <laughs> no? But, but, but it could. But, but see, but we're, but Imagine. We're, we're, we're trying to make the decisions to force it the other way. Yeah. Because, that, the, again, there a lot of times, I mean, and it happens a lot, there are NDCs that you can change to that have, they, they call it a spread. It has a higher AWP spread between the cost of the medication you know, after rebate, whatever the final cost of the medication is and what the, uh, you know, the average wholesale price is, which is, you know, they're, they're, it's, it's a database that says what the AWP is. You've got, you've got to find medications like that to help, you know, bump up your, your, your averages a little bit. So you can stay in business. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it seems like there's kind of a, a few prongs here, a few things that you have to do first off seems to be awareness if you don't know what your dir fees are you're in trouble uh the second thing is it seems like mitigation you need to take that information put it into the system make sure you're taking that dir fee into account and that could be what a percentage it could be a flat rate it could be an effective rate for the item like it could be a lot of different ways that you're taking those fees into account but then it sounds like you can also do a bit of optimization. So there are opportunities there if you're, you know, playing within the confines that are given to you. 
Um, so can you give me maybe, maybe like share a success story? Do you have a specific item that um, you can kind of nail down and say, you know, this is one that we've optimized and taken advantage of? We do have um, metformin as example of one. Um, they make a couple different types of metformin. Um, there's an osmotic metformin, and it's actually preferred by patients because it cuts back on the amount of side effects that patients experience. But we were able to, you know, talk to patients, um, talk to doctors about that, and that has been one that we've been able to optimize and actually um, make some profit off that by just changing the NDC. So that would be an example of one that has definitely not only has it saved is it is it saved some money but it's also been more advantageous to the patient as well um so so that's one example of that and, and it's so hard because we fight it every single day some things get lost in the mix you know where specific examples because it's really a daily kind of thing where you think about yeah. that you look at that and you you get creative. Um, what can I do? Or, you know, how can we make this work? You have to stop at that very point and say, okay, let's think about our options. Let's think outside the box and see what we can do to make this work. Let's do some research. Let's dig some more to see if we can make this non-profitable item that we're losing $50 on something that we can make $5 on. So it, it begins to be kind of, um, I hate to say game, but sometimes you feel like that you're in a game and trying to get ahead and trying to make the most of it. And and, and the, the, there are some medications, you know, where we actually, you know, it, it, say a plan, you know, it's, it's a it's a effective rate plan that we know we're getting paid this percentage of AWP that an item may cost. A, I mean, I mean, with the, you know, maybe even be a couple of dollars more. Um, or maybe it could be less, but it's it's something that if you don't have program, you would never uh, be able to identify it. That on that plan, we would run that NDC, and you know, and it, and it works. It's the same item. It's just a, in, a different NDC that somebody that is on another plan that we would use a different NDC just because it's operating just on cost. It's not operating on a percentage. Yeah, so that's a great example where you've got the exact same drug. Nothing's different about that. It's just one manufacturer to the other one based off the NDC. And that's what we run into most of the time is that we're looking at a claim and we're getting a negative on it, but we can get another NDC from our wholesaler same drug, same everything, different generic, different manufacturer, I should say, not generic, but different manufacturer. And that turns it around. And makes it profitable versus negative. It's bizarre. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's something that if you're not monitoring, you know, you're you're going to be in trouble because traditionally we say, oh, well, you want to, you know, keep a lean inventory. You want to optimize your ordering. You want to make sure that you're looking at source items from your supplier. You know, so when you're looking at what item to order, you need to look at what the lowest cost per pill is, what you know, which wholesaler you're ordering it from, because you don't want to lose your your rebates. You know what what lists that item appears on as an optimized NDC or uh, a formulary NDC. So there are just so many different areas that you know you can you can really take advantage of, or you can you can really get yourself in trouble, um, or at least leave a lot of money on the table. Right. But but again, if you have that, if you have those effective rates programmed into the system, if you have them programmed into Pioneer and you want to throw in a different NDC, you're instantly going to see 
what happens in the end. I mean, you're instantly going to see this is what reimbursement is going to be. And you don't have to run the claim because it's 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 actually a better thing now. Once you understand, once if you have effective rates programmed in, you know what's going to happen. You, you, it's, it's not even a question. You don't, I could, I could throw it in a spreadsheet and put the formula in and never even run a claim. It doesn't matter what was said. They're, they're telling you, I'm going to pay you 15% on generic or, or, or 80% on a brand, you know, whatever the, whatever the number is, they're paying you that percentage of average wholesale price. So if you have all the numbers there, you can make good decisions and start planning your drugs and, and you know, what you're going to have on the shelf for effective rates, you can plan accordingly. Yeah. Yeah. So there's so many pharmacies that, you know, I would uh, go into back as an installer that maybe they were dispensing, you know, at one NDC, but in the system, you know, their their system shows negative 30,000 for an equivalent NDC because that's just the one we order, you know, like used to inventory wasn't that big of an issue or maybe you would just order that one because you like that drug, you clinically, you trust it, you, you know, there's, you prefer it because there's no, you know, inactive ingredients that you don't like, or, or the absence of a dye or something like that. Or you have a customer that says, that's the one I want, and you just keep that in stock for everybody. That hap- that's yeah. happened to us. So have you, have you found instances where you say, you know, the, the item that they want me to dispense is not my clinically preferred, you know, as, as a healthcare professional, that's not the one that I have a preference for, or has it been more neutral in that area? I, I, I don't particularly find that that's the case because I know from all of our wholesalers, I trust the manufacturers that we get from them. We don't use any, you know, we have one primary wholesaler and two or three secondary wholesalers. So I don't run into that. We don't use any wholesalers that we don't trust. And we know that the things are not coming from a good source. So personally, I don't run into that. You know, we may have one generic over the other and somebody say, well, you know, I like the round versus the the square tablet or whatever be the case. But for the majority, if we change an NDC, I don't see that there's many problems because I think we're getting them from, from good sources, you know, just maybe a different manufacturer. Good deal. So, um, so there's not a lot you can do about the fact that these DIR fees exist. Um, you can be aware of them. You can kind of try to play within those bounds to optimize your business. But there also seems to be a growing uh, movement and 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 a lot of successes, you know, on the advocacy front. So I know NCPA has had. Um, you know, some some really strong efforts on advocacy, uh, being involved with uh, your your state boards and with NCPA and with CPESN can help. And I know you've definitely kind of gone that route as well. So what, you know, how, how have you been able to help make sure that this problem is hopefully, uh, you know, resolved and, and, and the playing field's kind of returned to, to more of a level ground? Well, I think that your point about awareness is most important. And pharmacists have generally in the past been very reserved and don't always like to speak up for what's right and what they're fighting for. But we're in a different age than we used to be. And so the biggest advice I could give any pharmacist is find other pharmacists in your area that's going through the same thing. Talk to your legislators. We have a new legislator in North Carolina, Wayne Sasser, who has been amazing. And he knows what this is about. And pharmacists are going to him and saying, do you know this is happening? Do you do you see what's going on? 
you got to be an advocate. You've got to stand up for what's right because otherwise our business is going to go by the wayside. So we have to stick together. We have to fight for the same cause, but you have to be aware of it and you have to go to the people that can get it done. And sometimes going through, you know, getting bills passed and, and making others aware of it is one of the best things that you can do. And so some of these groups be a part of them, speak up, get with other people. Um, odds are, if you're going through it, somebody else is going through it. So I can't, I can't say that enough. Just be aware, talk to other people, get together, talk to your legislators. That's extremely important. We're not going to change this game unless we stand up and fight. We're not going to do it laying down. We can't be comfortable in this situation. We have to be aware and we have to fight. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it's exciting that the general population is being exposed to what's going on. You know, I, I feel like this year the the terms PBM and the terms DIR are kind of commonplace. People, people have at least heard those terms where even just in the very, very recent future uh, past, I don't think most people even knew that was a factor. You know, the idea that you mentioned earlier where, you know, you're looking at your reimbursement and you mentioned CVS Caremark because, you know, the PBM, a lot of people don't even realize that that's part of a monopoly that you're fighting against as an independent where the odds are stacked again. Um, but again, and we also need to be fighting for transparency, too, because people need to say, see the transparency and what I mean what PBMs are getting. I mean, that's one of the bigger things. If we go, if I go talk to a business and I'll try to help them navigate through that, they don't always understand the transparency and some of these PBMs don't provide that. And so that's extremely important. You know, we need to be able to know what we're dealing with. We need to know transparently what's happening. And that's not always the case. And that's another thing we need to fight for is transparency. Yeah. I mean, patients didn't even like when, when I talk to friends of mine and I explain like, you know, gag rules and like what a pharmacist is and isn't allowed to tell patients about their own drugs. You know, people just don't even realize uh, how clouded the, the, the whole reimbursement scene is. It's a shame the position that the, the PBM has put us in um, independent pharmacies, especially yeah. um, the, the, the reimbursement, how they can, you know that they know what we're buying these drugs for. And the fact that they would expect us to fill and use our pharmacists and use our, our bottles and use our, our labor and, and still make nothing on the Medicaid. And it, I mean, it's, it's not just one. And on some plans, it's not one here and there. It's, it's, it's the plan. And, and to think that they can do that and, and absorb that money and, and, and put us, you know, in a situation where we can order a drug for a patient um, it's not a position they should put us in. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not asking to be a millionaire out of it. I, I'm just asking to make a, a you know a fair a fair amount on a prescription when we fill it for a customer. And it's just it's not right. It's not right what's happening. I had a situation. I think that this explains it. It's, it's amazing when this happened. I had a local employer. They have a small group plan that's of a larger group. And this person is a customer of ours, but she also handles all the insurance. And she got her, I guess, what they call an EOB from the insurance company because they had to pay this amount. And she called me and she was angry with me. And she's like, Ashley, you know, why did I have to pay? First of all, she said, if I paid for this drug at cash, what would it be? And I was honest with her and I told her she had a copay. 
um, and she paid her copay, but she's like, what if I pay out of pocket for this? What would my cost be? And I gave her what my cash price would be. I mean, obviously, you know, what I right above what I would pay for it if she were to pay for it out of pocket. And what she saw on the, what she saw on the other side of that, what the PBM charged her was unbelievable. And I was at a loss for words and she just couldn't believe that that happened because I didn't get paid that from that PBM. I wouldn't have charged her that if she was paying outright. It certainly wasn't her copay, but what she was being charged on that other end was three times what she could have gotten charged, be, paid out of pocket for. And so those are the hidden fees. Those are the transparent things that people need to see and they need to know because otherwise it's going to continue and independent pharmacy is going to go out of business. And we're not going to let that happen. We're going to fight to the bitter end and everybody should, everybody else should be fighting to the bitter end because it's worth fighting for. Yeah. So if, if you are a pharmacy who maybe, maybe you're, um, you know, a new pharmacy owner, or maybe you've been at a pharmacy and you're, you're, you're seeing your, your margins dwindle, um, you know, and, and you're not being extremely proactive. So let's just say, man, I don't know what my, my DIR fees are. You know, what, what's the first thing I, I need to do? Get a can. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I think the first step is to get a hold of your PSAO and, and try to get documentation as far as uh, first for each plan. What, what are my effective rates? What are my, you know, uh, effective rates, DIR fees? for my plans and try to make heads or tails out of all that and, you know, lay, lay it all out and, and then try to find out from them. I had a lot of trouble the first year. They've gotten better since then of uh, getting a list of what plans apply to each of these effective rates. Uh, once you have all that information and you know what all that is, then, then you can, I think you can, the best step probably is to call somebody at Pioneer um, and, and talk to them, explain to them that you want the program, make sure you understand how to get that information into your system. Um, that's assuming that you already have your rebates and everything else programmed in, because I think the goal is to find out you want to have the accurate information. So um, so you want to get that, you want to get those effective rates and everything programmed into Pioneer. You want to have your rebates uh, from your suppliers programmed into Pioneer. Uh, as as best you can. I know those fluctuate month to month, depending on your supplier, but have a good have good representation of your, your numbers in there, so that when you're making you know you're running that claim, you know what's happening. If you don't, then I, I just think you're destined for failure. Um, and I don't think hopefully, hopefully somebody can hear this, even if it's one pharmacy can hear this and go, man, I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know Pioneer had that option. I I, I didn't know I needed to be proactive. I don't know why things are going bad for me. Maybe this is it. I guarantee you that's what it is. I don't see how anybody since effective rates have started again, at least for our PSAO since the uh, 2019, uh, how they, I don't know how they've operated. I don't know how they're still in business. I really don't unless they just had a large stockpile of money that they're eating into, you know, to just get by. We, we choose not to be like that. We, we, we choose to have good information. We choose to have, um, we, we, we choose to be profitable. We choose to run a good business that, that we know that we can provide for our patients, but we also want our business to be here for years to come. And if we don't have that information in there, we can't be here. So It sounds like at the end of the day, if you are just 
going to your recommended order and, and, you know, ordering lowest cost per pill, that's going to be problematic too. That's right. So it seems like it's not just on, on that adjudication side, you better be ordering smart too. That's right. Run, run, run some claims. Uh, we, we have several good technicians that know what they're doing, that know how to get in there and, and look this stuff up. And, the, you know, they'll sometimes make the decision on their own or they'll come to us and go, hey, you know, we can get for these plans. We can get this NDC, you know, again, just different manufacturer. And instead of losing two dollars, we're going to make five, which is, you know, I mean, it's not that adds up. Yeah. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it's losing money versus being profitable or, you know, but but again, it's it's about making good decisions. It's, it's about it's about, like you said, having if you need a couple of different NDCs, you know, having those on the shelf. Um, it's, and you know, you, you, you gotta do the research. You gotta be proactive. But I think pharmacists are so caught up in everyday things that this is sometimes not number one, we don't get this training in pharmacy school. I never had any class that taught me how to do this. This is a whole world that's new. And I don't think they currently teach it in pharmacy school now. So you just have to educate yourself. And if you're going to own a business, these are the things that you have to think about, but you can do it. You just got you, you just have to be aware of it and, you know, get it in there. You have to know what you're dealing with. That's that's what it's all about. So do pharmacies do this all by themselves? Are they on their own or are there consultants out there that can help with this? I know we have like our software support here at Pioneer, who's amazing, our financial support, our account managers even can definitely help. Um you know, I, I know I know of a couple specialists out there, but is is that something that you guys see more often than not, or is it something that pharmacies can, you know, tackle on their own? I think it's definitely something. I, I think it. I don't know of anybody that offers help with it. So I think it's something you have to tackle on your own, and you have to just. Um, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, so I figured it out. But um, so I, I think that if you can get out there, and like I said, you know get the information. It's, it's just percentages. I mean, that, that's really all it is. It's, I'm going to pay you this percentage of AWP. That's, that's all it is. That's all effective rates are. Um, and again, if, if they overpaid you at adjudication and, you know, then they're going to take money back. If they underpaid you, they're going to pay you more money. So, you know, and, and again, that can go both ways. That can be, you know, I can't order that medication for this customer because it looks like I'm losing a hundred dollars. I can't get that medication for that, you know, and, and still not, I'm not saying I can't just, you know, fill the script. I'm just saying I can't order medication for this because it looks like I'm losing the money it, because they don't have anything programmed in the system. And it may turn out where it's a $50 gain instead of a hundred dollar loss. And that's not exaggerating. That's, that is fact. That is, that is happening all the time. And, and again, if you don't have that program, you're making wrong decisions left and right. I, I can't imagine the um, just the the anxiety that must live if you know that you're not uh, being that proactive. It's, it's got to be, you know, I, I would think that's something that's not even limited to your business. That's going to affect just your overall peace of mind, that uncertainty. That's when we first got that first notification and, and again, again, Pioneer was great getting everything up and running once we got in there and told them everything. But there was a couple of months that we were we ran everything manually. We, we, we ran a spreadsheet at every computer just so that we could make good decisions because I was scared to death because I mean, if twenty one thousand, you know, twenty two thousand added up that quickly and then we ended up getting some other larger bills 
for times that we didn't have the information. We didn't know we needed to do this. Um, I mean, you know, a few more bills like that, and we'd be out of business. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I have to believe that there are some pharmacies that that happened to them, that they just couldn't pay the bill. They, yeah. they, or, or they just said it's not worth it. I, it's not worth learning all this new stuff. I, I, I'm retired. I'm out of here or whatever. I went bankrupt, whatever, whatever it is. But I, I just, you know, we, we, we chose to be proactive because honestly, it scared me to death. And it scared. And once I told her, it scared her to death. Yeah. Because we, we needed to find some way to get it in there and make good decisions. Yeah. And I, I would say to anybody that, you know, if this is confusing to you because it's way over my head, I don't get it. But you got you got to figure it out. You got to learn it. You got to understand it because it's it's part of your business module model. You have to do it. Um, and knowledge is power. So figure it out, you know, sit down and try to understand everything because that's that's half the battle. Yeah, I don't I don't think that it's accidentally confusing. And I don't think that you're going to accidentally optimize your your business to, to deal with it. So I know this year, um, you know, connect 2021 was put off again because of the, the COVID, um, and, and rescheduled to, uh, 2022 and, and Nashville, but this is one of the classes, uh, you guys were going to share at, at connect this year. So I can't wait until, uh, connect 2022 to see you guys up on stage. You've really, this one, He's the brains of this, and he doesn't public speak. So this is the setting that he had to do because there was so much anxiety in our house thinking, oh, God, i got to get up in front of people, and I can't carry this presentation. So he's the brains behind this. So you're going to have to talk him to getting up on stage. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't really go for that. But 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 I have helped. I mean, I've had several people reach out to me because um, I feel I, I was very – I am very passionate about yes. it. Um, I'm passionate for us and, and I want independent pharmacies to make it. And, and if I can give them a little nudge and give them a little bit of advice, cause you know, I've done some stuff into pioneer besides just programming it in there. You know, I have some flags set up for our tech so they know they can look at it and say, oh yeah, this is an Optum plan. This is a CVS plan. This is Aetna and, you know, to look out for it. And these are the percentages and, you know, I categorize things in pioneer. I try to use as much out of pioneer besides the program and just to make sure that I can group things correctly and, and I can go back and, you know, again, if they come back and make a change in the middle of the year or next year, I don't have to go find everything manually. I've got everything grouped together so that I can make changes and hopefully be more efficient with my time. And I've, I've learned a lot. I mean, I, when I went to Pioneer Connect, was it two years ago? It was the first one the only one we've been to, which we wanted to go since then. We learned a lot, you know, I've still got my thick book and I, I reference that and I go back and, 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 it's amazing the functionality. And I think that some people barely touch what Pioneer yeah, can do. They do. And again, I've just tried to use it as much as I can to make it easy for me uh, and the programming side of it. And for my technicians when they're out front, so they can look at it. I've got things color coded for them so they can flag it and see what it is. And, and I want it to be easy for them. I want them to make the best decisions possible. So. Awesome. Well, I can't wait for Connect 2022. Uh, and I may have to talk you into doing a, a more of a technical webinar for the users between now and then, because it seems like it's so far away. Um, I guess actually next week would have been Connect uh, 2021. So kind of, kind of, kind of hits me right, right here in the feels. So <laughs> amazed about what all we learn and he loved the clinical I mean he loved the technical stuff and I love the clinical stuff so I think it's great how you guys 
divide that up because his mind doesn't work like mine. And so <laughs> it's great that you guys are able, you have two tracks there because we don't think alike. So Good, good. Well, we're about out of time. I'm going to let you guys get back into the pharmacy and back into the uh, spreadsheets. <laughs> so thanks for joining us. And uh, thanks, Will. like I said, I definitely want to talk you into doing a, a more technical webinar here soon. I, I don't know if we could wait till 2022. So <laughs> we can we can talk. That's for sure. All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining thanks, us. Thanks, Will. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Scripts, presented by the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please support our channel by liking, subscribing, and clicking the notification bell so that you'll be notified anytime we post new content. To stay up to date with all of the latest independent pharmacy news and content, follow Pioneer RX on your preferred social media platform. 